0: welcome to accessible art history the podcast the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious my name is annalisa and i'm going to share an amazing roman monument with you today just a quick reminder before the episodes get started all sources and images referenced will be posted on the accessible art history blog you can find that link in the episode description as well as on instagram at accessible.art.history now that we have that out of the way let's get started welcome back to accessible art history the podcast This week's episode is a bit of a continuation of the very first episode of the season. The first emperor of Rome, Augustus, wanted to leave his mark on the city, in addition to creating a space dedicated to the memory of his great uncle and predecessor Julius Caesar. This led to the building of the Forum of Augustus, so to learn more about it, keep on listening. And special thank you to listener Mike for sponsoring today's episode. Before I dive into the forum, I think it's important that we understand Augustus and who he was. He was actually born Gaius Octavius on September 23rd, 63 BCE. His mother, Atia, was the daughter of Julia Minor, and therefore the niece of the great Julius Caesar. Keeping with Roman naming conventions, Augustus shared his name with his father. He was a member of an old and wealthy family of Rome. Augustus' father died when he was only four years old, so he was raised by his grandmother Julia, Caesar's sister, for a while before moving back in with his mother and stepfather when Julia passed. When he was old enough, Augustus expressed interest in joining the military to work closely with his great uncle. When his mother finally allowed it, Augustus set off for Hispania. Unfortunately, he fell ill and had to take a different transport. Then that ship sank and he had to trudge through enemy territory to finally reach Caesar's camp. This impressed his great uncle enough to change his will to make Octavian his primary heir. He also legally adopted him. It was then his name changed to Gaius Julius Caesar. As many of us know, Julius Caesar was assassinated on the Ides, or 15th of March 44 BCE, as his heir Octavian, as he was known before he became emperor, stepped onto the political stage. But he had also had to contend with Mark Anthony, who shored up support because Octavian was away on military business when the assassination occurred. The two would continually butt heads and face each other in battle over the coming decade. Famously, Anthony aligned himself with Queen Cleopatra VII of Egypt, the couple were defeated by Augustus, Octavian, at the Battle of Actium in 31 BCE. On January 16, 27 BCE, the Roman Senate granted Octavian the new title of Augustus and Princeps. Augustus means the illustrious one, and Princeps refers to the highest position in the Senate, and indicated that he held the most power in Rome. It was then that he formally adopted the use of the name Augustus, and this title was that which was passed down to emperors for generations to come. Augustus died on August 19, 14 CE at the age of 75. In addition to being Rome's first emperor, many historians also consider him the greatest. Although the empire was not at its largest expanse, the period of his reign is referred to as the Pax Romana or Roman Peace. I'm going to talk more about this next week, so stay tuned. In fact, the Roman month of Sextilis was renamed Augustus in his honor. We call it August today. There are some historians that believe that this month was chosen because it was when his forces defeated Egypt, Anthony, and Cleopatra. Another one of Augustus' major accomplishments is his extensive building projects. One of them is the subject of today's podcast episode, The Forum of Augustus. If you look at a map of ancient Rome from above, the Forum of Augustus is located to the northeast of the Republican-era Forum I discussed earlier in the season. Luckily for Augustus, he owned most of the land that his new forum was to occupy. But unluckily, it wasn’t quite big enough. It took some time for him to buy enough land to fulfill his dream. The forum was finally dedicated in 2 BCE, an astounding 40 years after Augustus vowed to build it. But why did he make a vow? Well, as I already discussed, Augustus’s great uncle was assassinated in 44 BCE. At the time, Augustus was known as Octavian and he soon entered into a triple alliance with Art Mark Anthony and Lapidius. During the Battle of Philippi in 42 BCE, he vowed to not only avenge his adopted father slash great uncle, but to build a temple to the god Mars if the god would help him win that battle against two of the conspirators and assassins of Julius Caesar. Their names were Gaius Cassius Longinus and Marcus Junius Brutus. Mars granted his favor and Octavian and his allies won the battle. On the surface, this could seem as a purely vengeful move. However, there was also likely an additional political motivation. In general, Julius Caesar was a popular figure with the common people of Rome. His military and political successes put him into the spotlight and projected strength to a population that placed that trait above many others. By connecting his forum to the memory of the great dictator, Augustus would assert himself as the true successor of Caesar and charge himself with carrying on his legacy. The temple of Mars Ultor is arguably the most important part of the form of Augustus. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Roman god of Mars. Equivalent to the Greek god Ares, Mars is the god of war. But what about Ultor? Well, in the Roman religion, the gods often had secondary traits or guises. In this case, Mars Ultor is the god of war wearing his vengeance hat. Quite appropriate given the story I discussed earlier. Despite his promise in 42 BCE, construction was not actually started until much later, about 20 BCE. This is because the Senate and Augustus wanted to find the eagle-shaped standards, or aquilae, that were lost under the command of Marcus Licinius Crassus during the disastrous Battle of Carrhae in 53 BCE. When they were found, the Senate wanted to display them in an already existing Temple of Mars. But this is where Augustus makes his move. He decreed that he would build a new temple to Mars Ultor at his own expense for the standards to be housed. This is a large part of why we see him using his own land for the forum. We can think of this as him killing two birds with one stone. He gets to make a new temple and he gets to make a new forum that would connect his legacy to Caesars, a win-win situation if you're Augustus. It was finally dedicated in 2 BCE, still unfinished. Given the connection to Augustus's promise of vengeance, the temple stood at the center of his forum. On the pediment, or triangular gable, he had his name inscribed so that later generations would not forget who ordered the building. In addition, there were many reliefs depicting the gods and goddesses who played a part in his revenge against the assassins who killed his adopted father. Naturally we see Mars, and he is flanked by the goddess Fortuna and Venus. There was also another relief of Romulus, the legendary founder of Rome, and a personification of the city, the goddess Roma. Finally, there are also figures representing the Palatine Hill and the Tiber River. Inside the temple, there are three divine statues. As expected, there's Mars Ultor, dressed in full military regalia. Secondly, there was a statue of Venus and Cupid. On the surface, this might seem an odd choice. Why are you putting the goddess of love in a temple dedicated to war? But the Julian family, from which both Caesar and Augustus were a part of, claimed descent from the goddess of love. Finally, there was a statue to the Divine Julius. The murdered dictator was deified after a comet streaked through the sky during his funeral games. It must have been a truly spectacular sight in ancient times. Besides this religious aspect of the Temple of Mars Ultor, you might be wondering what else the Forum of Augustus was used for. Well, by this time in Roman history, the original Forum was getting kind of crowded. Between legal proceedings, political agendas, and the general public gatherings, there just wasn't a lot of space left over. So, part of the building of the Forum was out of pure necessity. The government, and in turn the people of Rome, needed more room to run the now empire. For example, senators would meet at the temple while discussing war or making military plans. In addition, certain spoils from successful campaigns were presented to the statue of Mars at the altar. To put it simply, the Forum of Augustus was presented as an alternative space for the religious, social, and political aspects of running an empire, one that the first emperor Augustus controlled. If you take anything away from this episode, it is the importance of the projection of strength and power for Rome. Next, I'm going to talk more about the decorations and the later history of the Forum of Augustus. But first, let's take a quick break. Hi there, my name is Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. My goal is to bring art history content to anyone that is curious. All my platforms can be accessed for free, but there are ways that you can support the cause. If you enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a rate and review on your favorite platform. I also have a Patreon and a Buy Me a Coffee account set up if you feel inclined to support Accessible Art History monetarily. However, I will always work to bring content for free because I believe that education should be accessible for those who want and need it. Thank you for listening. And now let's get back to the episode. Alright, now that we're back, let's talk about some of the statues in the form of Augustus. The art program was pretty fantastic here. Naturally, there were many of Augustus himself. After all, he did build the space. The majority of them showed the emperor in full military garb, highlighting his achievements. Naturally he wanted to show off how he had achieved power. In addition, Augustus sought to connect his reign with the rulers of the past. Within the forum space, on the right side, were statues that showed Augustus' illustrious lineage. These statues included the 14 Alban kings and the legendary founders of Rome, Aeneas and Romulus. By connecting himself with these ancient ancestors, Augustus was proclaiming that it was essentially divinely ordained that he was made emperor. In addition to the rulers, Augustus also had statues made of leaders of the republican era. Each of these men impacted the Roman Republic in one way or another, politically, militarily, and sometimes both. Again, by having these statues added to his forum, Augustus was directly connecting himself with the great leaders of the past and that he was a continuation of the heritage. In ancient Rome, it was all about your reputation and your family's reputation, and Augustus wanted his people to see that. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, Augustus died on August 19, 14 CE and was succeeded by his stepson, Tiberius. In the same frame of thinking, Tiberius wanted to add his mark on the form of Augustus to show that he was a continuation of Augustus and therefore Julius Caesar and all of their great ancestors. So five years later, in 19CE, he added two triumphal arches, one on either side of Temple of Mars Ultor. They were dedicated to Drusus the Younger and Germanicus in honor of their victories in Germania. About a century later, Emperor Trajan opened and dedicated a new forum, naturally <laughs> named after himself. Records seem to indicate that the majority of the functions of the Forum of Augustus were transferred to the new space. However, Augustus's forum was left intact. In fact, Trajan's successor Hadrian ordered repairs to be made to the structure, indicating that it was still important to the guys, indicating that it was still important to the institution of an emperor. Unfortunately, time was not kind to the form of Augustus. The last recorded mention of the site was in 395 CE. The Temple of Mars Ultor was officially closed by imperial decree in the fourth century when pagan worship was outlawed. By the 6th century, the majority of the Forum had been dismantled and its stones carted away for use in other buildings. As with many temples, the once pagan space was turned into a church called San Basilio in Scala Morturium. Eventually, the site became overgrown with weeds and was referred to as the Hortus Mirabilis or the Wonderful Garden. Today, the Forum of Augustus is just a small blip on the map of the larger Roman Forum space. Three columns from the Templar of Marl's Ultor dominate the area, standing at an amazing 15 meters or 49 feet high. You can also spot the foundation of the temple if you look closely enough. Even with these small pieces of surviving structure, we can still catch a glimpse into the past. The form of Augustus is more than a public space, instead it is a testament to the power of one man and an entire empire. Next week, I'm going to continue my discussion of Augustus when I showcase the Paucus. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out on the next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. If you prefer to listen on YouTube, you can find episodes on there about two weeks after the episodes are posted. Cheers and see you next week.